GBC Podcasts, local voices on demand. Hello, thanks for listening to the Gibraltar Today podcast. I'm Jonathan Scott. On Friday, we spoke to the adjudicator of the drama festival, a bubbly Bev Jenkins, spoke to us ahead of the gala night. On Saturday, Gibraltar's rugby national team will take on Jamaica on home soil, the first fixture back at Europa for our national team since 2019. And there are veterans and women's fixtures too. We were joined in the studio by Tom Reed, Nick Ramage and Fof Lombard. But we start this podcast with Friday's top news story. Lawyers for Ian McGrail say he finds it incomprehensible that the former police commissioner should have been the subject of a dawn raid by police on Thursday. They said Mr McGrail had himself reported the data breach in the inquiry into his early retirement and had made himself available throughout to assist the investigation. Mr McGrail is confident he'll be found not to have committed the alleged offences. His lawyer, Charles Gomez, delivered the statement from a boardroom in his office on Secretary's Lane. Right, I'm making this public statement on behalf of Mr Ian McGrail in response to the public statements made yesterday by Mr McVeigh and the media coverage of my client's arrest. I will start by providing a chronology of undisputed facts and will leave the Gibraltarian public to draw their own conclusions as to what happened yesterday. The public inquiry was called at the behest of Mr McGrail, who challenged Mr Picardo publicly to do so following the early termination of Mr McGrail's position as the Crown's principal law enforcement officer in June of 2020. After much delay, the inquiry was finally convened by His Excellency the Governor, Sir David Steele, in February 2022. I would invite you to visit the inquiry website, coircomp.gi. This will give you the clearest possible indication of the matters at the root of the inquiry. Among those issues is the so-called Operation Delhi, which was a police operation investigating allegations of hacking and or sabotage of the National Security Centralised Intelligence System and also alleged conspiracy to defraud. Gibraltar is of course at constant threat of criminality, including potential terrorism. During the time that the system was down, the security alert was at substantial, meaning that an attack was likely. In November 2022, it came to Mr McGrail's knowledge that there had been a breach of data kept by the inquiry solicitors. Following a number of prudential checks which he took, the potential data breach was brought to the attention of the inquiry who passed it on to the Royal Gibraltar Police. The importance of this is that had it not been for the reports to the authorities made by Mr McGrail, the data breach might have gone undetected. Subsequently, police action indicated that there had indeed been a data breach. All this is a matter of public record. Now, entirely separately, Mr McGrail retained some of his personal files. He was at the time extremely concerned that a criminal conspiracy was being covered up and that his position was at risk and that there was a risk that the RGP data would be deleted. He later returned those files to the RGP 
and explained to the commissioner why he retained them for a period, uh, an explanation which he understood to have been accepted by the commissioner. I'm referring, of course, to the commissioner of police, uh, recently Mr. Alger. Subsequent to being informed of the inquiry breach, Mr. McGrail himself repeatedly suggested that an external force should be instructed to investigate that and, that and other matters of concern, some of which have also been reported in the press. It was therefore a cause of relief and satisfaction to Mr. McGrail that officers from the police service of Northern Ireland were delegated the task of investigating the inquiry data breach and other matters. It was, of course, noted that the principal investigator, Mr. McVie, has a great deal of experience in terms of the suppression of terrorism in Northern Ireland. This added to the general satisfaction felt given the underlying aspects of Operation Delhi, which I have just referred to. On the 4th of February 2023, Mr. McGrail met with Mr. McVie in this office uh, that, that you're now in. Mr. McVie being the senior investigating officer and also in attendance for part of the meeting was his assistant, Mr. Kirkpatrick. The conversation was cordial and Mr. McGrail urged Mr. McVie to obtain authority from the governor to expand the range of matters under investigation to the extent that they impacted on the public inquiry. Mr. McGrail made himself available to assist Mr. McVie and his team in whatever way they required. But in the period since the 4th of February 2023, Mr. McGrail was surprised that he had not been contacted again by the investigators. He thought that this may be because they were busy conducting inquiries. Meanwhile, Mr. McGrail had been working all hours to try to meet the deadlines and requirements imposed by the inquiry to ensure that the final hearing takes place in September. Notwithstanding, at 7.30 a.m. on the 23rd of March 2023, that's yesterday, a group of six police officers, led by Mr. McVie, turned up at Mr. McGrail's home armed with a search warrant. Mr. McGrail was arrested before the warrant was executed. His personal belongings were searched and his IT and mobile devices were seized and taken away. These contain the le uh, legally privileged communications which Mr. McGrail has had with his legal advisors and all the documentation that he was preparing in compliance with the inquiry's directions. We are hopeful that these will be returned to Mr. McGrail during the course of today, but this has still not been confirmed. People listening to this statement will draw their own conclusions. I invite them to think about what I have just said. Now, meanwhile, Mr. McGrail understands that there are a number of other lines of inquiry, which uh, PSNI, that's a police service of Northern Ireland, and I think they're assisted by a Welsh uh, police force, is investigating. And he confirms that he remains available to assist law enforcement in whatever is required of him. Mr. McGrail is confident that it will soon be found that he has not committed the alleged offences and calls on the investigators to expedite the conclusion of their work 
so that it does not impact further on the inquiry's timetable. It is, however, regrettable that the investigators should have acted as they did yesterday. In relation to this and all other relevant matters, the Royal Gibraltar Police has been kept fully informed since at least November of last year, 2022. Now, in summary, Mr. McGrail called the inquiry. He reported the data breach to the authorities. He suggested that an external police force be brought in to investigate that and other uh, sensitive matters. He notified the RGP of the documents that he had in possession. He met with the lead investigating officers and he made himself available. And despite all this, he was arrested following an unannounced dawn raid four months after he uncovered the data breach and made all relevant reports to the inquiry and to the Royal Gibraltar Police. On, uh, on another note, Mr. McGrail has asked me to publicly thank the members of the Royal Gibraltar Police who attended on him at Newmall House Police Station yesterday. He considers them to be a credit to Gibraltarian policing and wishes to join the Governor and Commissioner Alger in their reassurances to the public that the RGP continues to function competently, notwithstanding the grave challenges that they face, as Commissioner Alger stated in his recent Police Orders newsletter, which has caused so much public disquiet. Now, uh, that is uh, the statement which I've just read out on behalf of Mr. McGrail. I don't think it will be proper to take any uh, questions except for clarification of anything I might have said, uh, given the sensitivities of, of ongoing uh, investigations and inquiries. McGrail is feeling uh, hugely disappointed. Um, he has 37 years of uh, experience as a police officer in Gibraltar. It is his life's uh, work. And uh, having made himself available to the investigators, he finds it incomprehensible that he should have been the subject of a dawn raid yesterday. They had all, every opportunity to talk to him since they met here on the 4th of, of February. He was expecting them to come back. He was available to assist them in any way uh, that, that they wanted. And I merely ask your viewers uh, to consider how they would feel if in those circumstances uh, they woke up tomorrow morning to find six police officers who, who then proceed to, to take uh, uh, your, your property and your uh, communications devices and then haul you into a police station and keep you there for in excess of, I think it was 12 hours. Do you have a view on how this will affect the inquiry? Well, the, the, the hope is that it will not affect the inquiry. Mr. McGrail ha has made it his, again, life's work to in the last uh, year or so since the, the inquiry was convened to assist in its, uh, in its prompt resolution. The fact that he has found out and may, had to make reports uh, about uh, uh, data breaches and so on is not his fault. It was his obligation to have brought these matters to, to the attention of the authorities. Uh, he is committed 
to, to the inquiry. He needs the inquiry uh, to, to conclude its work in September. And I hope, we all hope, that there is no delay, any further delay in this. It is affecting his life. His entire life is on hold and for the purposes of, 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 of the public good. So yes, that, that is a hope, that the inquiry will not be delayed any further. Are going to be taking any action? No, no, he will continue working as he has diligently and honestly and carefully to ensure that the inquiry has uh, all, all the information and, and all the assistance that it requires from, his, from him and from his uh, legal team. On Radio Gibraltar and on GBC Television, Gibraltar Today with Jonathan Scott. Tomorrow's Gibraltar rugby national team will be taking on Jamaica on home soil. It's the first fixture back at Europa for our national team since 2019 and there will be veterans and women's fixtures also taking place on the same day and it's uh, my pleasure to welcome to the studio uh, Tom Reed, who is the um, rugby U, um, uh, GRFU rugby development officer. Uh, welcome also to Nick Ramage, the national team manager and uh, to Sophia or, or Fof, uh, who is playing rugby uh, for our national um, women's team. Uh, so uh, welcome to you guys. Thanks a lot for joining us. Um, where to begin? How excited is everybody about this weekend's rugby? I think from the senior standpoint, we're tremendously excited to welcome rugby back to Gibraltar, put on an international game at Fortress HQ. It's going to be a great, great day, great thing for Gibraltar. Yeah, on behalf of the women's team, I think we're excited to play on uh, the same day and the same platform that the men's national team are playing. So it's a great opportunity for us. Women's rugby is coming along in leaps and bounds, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. It's growing, as we see it, week on, week on. We've got more girls at training. This match will be the first match for a lot of players on our team, so it's just showing that women's rugby is growing. Excellent. And uh, let, let's bring in uh, Tom. Uh, I, I suppose for you it's also a question of showing off all the hard work that's gone in in recent weeks and months. Yeah, massively. I, I've been uh, in, in post now for just over a month, so it's a great opportunity for me to be able to see the national team perform um, on the national stage um, and being able to play against a, a team such as Jamaica, a good game last time out in, in Birmingham. So another opportunity for the lads to be able to put on show what they've been doing and the hard work they put into the game. Gibraltar Today with Jonathan Scott. Right now... Oh, Father, why have they locked you up in this dreadful dungeon? It's more than I can bear. I brought you a custard, Thomas. Mother's bought you a custard, Father. Yes, thank you. Oh, Father, if you don't give in to King Henry, they're going to chop your head off. Aren't you going to eat your custard, Thomas? No, thank you. <laughs> I do like custard myself. Uh, that's an exchange at the Drama Festival. Tonight is the Gala Night, a series of public apologies by Bayside and Westside Drama Group. And also Gamper's Signed Me are the two plays selected to perform, selected by the adjudicator Bev Jenkins. Good afternoon, and why did you choose those two, Bev? Well, hello. Thank you for asking me on your show. Um, a pleasure so, to have you. <laughs> thank you. 
So um, these two plays that I've selected, um, uh, it's nice that they're completely different. So the gala night tonight, we're going to see um, a comedy and then we're going to see uh, a, a more drama with some more pathos in it. Um, but these, these two plays, they're very professionally uh, performed. I have to say that the standard particularly uh, is really high. Um, you know, we, we sort of, uh, the scores are roughly around 70s and 80s. Um, and I've actually scored one of these teams uh, in an o- over 90. Oh, wow. uh, and the last time I did that was in 2017. Oh, so, uh, so you set the a, bar quite high. Oh, they 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 produced the you know the production. So, so yeah, they, but I mean, they you, you're one it. of the you know we all think back to school when you know depending on what teacher you got before. Yeah, I mean, GCSEs things became more formalised, but before yeah, yeah. then, um, you know, certain teachers would mark more strictly. Yeah. Certain teachers would mark more. I'm, I'm strict. You know, I'm a, I'm a tough cookie. Uh, it takes a lot to impress me. And it, you scored your 700th uh, yeah. adjudication this week. Yeah, it was lovely. It was a youth group. And uh, obviously we keep records of, well, I do, of all the all the things that I've, you know, right back from the early 1990s when I started adjudicating. When you were uh, six. Uh, yeah, <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> and um, the, um, yeah, it was really lovely. It was my 700th production and it was a youth team. So we all celebrated together, had a big clap and, and it was a, a very special moment because, you know, you do sort of tend to remember those those milestones. I mean, just to, so. to, 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 to explain the, the obvious, that means that you have watched and scored 700 performances. Yeah. I I have. Um, Okay, so your first time in Gibraltar, Bev. Yeah. How have you found it? I want to live here. I really want to live here. I have had a ball. We both. I brought my son with me, Sam. Uh, Unfortunately, my my husband works uh, with with farmers and agriculture. He's an agronomist, so he can't come with me at this this point of time. But Sam's an actor, so he's he's enjoyed. um, He he watches the script for me. Um, but we've been welcome. The welcome that we have had here has been second to none. Jovi and her team, Seamus at the cultural uh, services, uh, yeah, and mm-hmm. Johnny Babes, uh, the minister of culture. Uh, he's, he's Johnny Babes, yeah, officially yeah. nicknamed, yeah, yeah Johnny Babes. <laughs> <laughs> he's terrific. So, I mean, he's such an asset to to you know to the culture. Uh, he's he's a busy man, and he has been every night and supported every team. And that that is what this is what I find from Gibraltar. It is a community. It's proud to be British, um, and it welcomes people. Um, and I would love to come back at some stage. Thanks for listening to those highlights from Gibraltar today. I'm Kelly M. Borge, the show's producer. We're live on Radio Gibraltar Monday to Friday from one to two getting behind the headlines and you can catch up here whenever you like until next time have a good one gbc podcasts local voices on demand